Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, on today's podcast, we're going to look back at the Lightning season and in particular kind of the last eight or nine years in which the Lightning have won six, or gone to the Eastern Conference Finals six of the last eight seasons. Uh, started with John Cooper's first full season. They got swept by Montreal in the 14 playoffs, came back the next year, went all the way to the Cup Final to lose to Chicago. They lose in the Eastern Conference Finals in seven games to both Pittsburgh and Washington in 2016-2018. Of course, the sweep to Columbus in 2019 after setting all kinds of records. Then back-to-back Stanley Cup championships, and then losing to Colorado as they tried to uh, accomplish a third straight Stanley Cup for the first time in 40 years in the NHL. Fell short to Colorado in six games. So Tom Jones is going to join us uh, to discuss all that today on Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Steve Versnick filling in for Rick Stroud, who's on vacation this week. He'll be back uh, mid-next week on the podcast here. So, but I want to tell you about our friends at air rescue. Don't suffer this summer with your old AC systems. You can call the experts at air rescue where they offer superior service at unbeatable prices. Your unit can perform 30% better and last longer with regular maintenance by air rescue. Their award-winning team delivers 24 seven emergency service. 100% satisfaction guaranteed for residential installation and repairs, and they're family-owned with over 75 years in the business. Air Rescue offers 100% financing, affordable payments, and very easy application process with no administration, bank fees, or extra cost with the financing. Call our friends at Air Rescue at 813-612-5600 or go to airrescueflorida.com for the air conditioning experts. That's 813-612-5600 for Air Rescue. All right. Well, Rick Stroud leaves the well, he didn't leave the country, but he left uh, the area code. <laughs> he left the uh, time zone. Uh, he's uh, out west on vacation. So we bring in his better half from his radio show days, the Rick and Tom show. Here's Tom Jones joining us. And I know you know what? Uh, yeah, I got to jump in right away, Steve. And I got th- now people in Tampa Bay and Sports State Tampa Bay. And basically you run this thing. So people are going to be mad at you. Just because, so I haven't been around for like three years, like actually day-to-day covering sports, whatever. My last lightning season, technically, was 2018-19, which is the year that they get swept by Columbus. I go away, they win back-to-back Stanley Cups, win 11 series in a row, come within two wins of winning three Stanley Cups in a row, which is incredible, and the moment they get eliminated... Let's bring on Mr. Spring Loaded for negativity. Let's bring in Tom Jones. People are so, uh, this. I don't know. I if I'm a Lightning fan out there, they're mad at you because like here comes Mr. Doom and Gloom immediately after the Lightning lose for the first time in three years. Well, I figured you would pick Boston to win this series this year, right? <laughs> I mean, I well, I thought about I thought about picking Boston to win the whole thing. You know, John, John Cooper called, and it's a famous story. He called. Me and Martin Finley, doom and gloom. I asked him one time, which one, which one am I? He goes, which one's worse? And so here I am bringing the doom and, glo- doom and the gloom following this incredible run. I haven't, like I said, last time I was there, you know, the, actually the last trip I ever covered, and this is interesting, the last trip I ever covered was back in 2000, actually 18, like in the, in the start of the season. And the, light, the 
Joe Smith had left for the athletic. He'd left the time. So there was a little space there where the new beat writer hadn't started yet. And they needed somebody to cover a trip out west. Mm-hmm. And so I went to Vegas, Denver, Vegas, and, and Phoenix. Oh, rough life. Cover- yeah, right. <laughs> it was my last trip with the Times. And I had a game. I covered a game in Colorado, and the Lightning won one to nothing. I remember that game. It was one nothing in Colorado. That was one of the greatest hockey games you'll ever see, particularly for a game that had one goal scored. It was Absolutely. spectacular. It was a spectacular game, and I remember that day, uh, that night, and everybody in town, was, was there was this incredible buzz. This was three years ago now, and everybody said these two teams could meet in the Stanley Cup Finals. What a series it would be. Who knew we'd have to wait three years, basically, before we got that final, but we finally got that final. And you know what, Steve, as I look back, I don't know if, like, I almost, tech, I almost tweeted this out the other night. If you don't have a like real skin in the game, which I mean, I, 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 you know, I live in town. My kids are big Lightning fans, so I'm watching it from a Lightning perspective, obviously. But if you're a Lightning or Avalanche fan, did you even enjoy these six games? It was so nerve wracking, but it was incredible hockey to watch. I saw Mike Wilbon the other day on Party Interruption saying that he thought Game Five, which the Lightning won in Denver. He said it's one of the best sporting events he can ever remember, like in recent memory. Wait, Mike Wilbon? He doesn't even know how yes. he exists in Florida. I, mean. I know, and he went on and on about how incredible Game 5 was and how incredible the Lightning are. But it really, these two teams, rare. You know, it's rare that you, before the season, say, boy, this looks like the Stanley Cup matchup. It never works out. In fact, it didn't work out that year. And yet we got the two teams that we wanted in this final, and then they turned out to give a performance that was just incredible, and it... Easily could have gone seven games. It went six. Two blowouts in there, but but most for the most part, this was just... Well, yeah, there was a blowout series. each way, yep. and then the other four games were either decided in overtime or one goal. Right. Four one-goal games. Lightning only won one of them. And, I mean, we could dissect everything that went wrong. Ultimately, Steve, I think the team that deserved to win this series actually won the series. I, th- I think Colorado was just a tad better throughout the, se- the, the six games. That's not to say that the Lightning was undeserving. They certainly mm-hmm. played like champions. And I think against any other team, they might have they I think they would have won. This was the one team I think that was just a little bit better than they were. But particularly well, without Braden Point in the line. I would well, have loved to have the, seen Braden Point attack that Colorado defense. I know we to could push them back things. on their heels some to create some speed through the neutral zone. I would have loved to have seen how Colorado defended Braden Point and how that Braden Point could have opened up lanes for Kucherov instead. I mean, I, I, on the power play, which was pretty poor that series, what they scored two yeah. power play goals. One of them was yeah. a four on three. Without Braden Point in the middle, Colorado wasn't defending the middle. I mean, Corey no. Perry's a good player, but he's not Braden Point there. And so all and, they did was cover Kucherov and Stamkos. And the power right, play and never Stamkos, got going. Stamkos, that one timer was never there because mm-hmm. they didn't have to worry about, it. like you said, they weren't worried. Like, pick your poison. Yeah, we'll take Corey Perry. Give it to Corey Perry in the middle. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll go we'll we'll let you have that, but we're gonna we're gonna stop Stamkos. You're not gonna let Braden Point all alone no. in the middle. So no, you had you're to respect right him about there. That. You had to respect him there, which would have opened Cooch or Stamkos to have more room on the power play. Absolutely. Now I know, look, Steve, you're not supposed to complain about two things: officiating and injuries. And I'm not going to complain about the officiating because I didn't think it was as bad as some people made it out to me. Look, clearly there was a too many men on the ice penalty that should have been called. 
I don't know how much of an impact Huntley that had. You got the sense that Colorado was eventually going to score in overtime the way they were playing. I mean, that it, and that's anyway. yeah, they were dominating overtime. They I mean, it dominating. wasn't even the Lightning looked out of gas. Now, it's not the, to say Lightning couldn't have scored. No, no, of course not. I mean, we've seen games in the past where one team's just all over the other for you know five, six minutes, and then. It just takes one shot down the other end. And I think ultimately, you know, I mean, Andre Vasilevsky could have could have stolen that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I but but when you talk about injuries and and penalty and officiating, let's start with the injury part. You're not supposed to complain. Everybody has it. I get it. Everybody catches breaks. Everybody catches mm-hmm. bad breaks during the during the, the route to the Stanley Cup. But let's face it, Steve. We just said it. Four one goal games. Three of them go against the Lightning. You're telling me that Braden Point, one of the top, what, 10, 12, 15 forwards in the world, the leading scorer of the last two Stanley Cup runs for this Tampa Bay Lightning team, you're telling me he doesn't make a one-goal difference in three games? Uh, of course he does. Mm-hmm. And, and my, that might be enough, maybe not to win the series, but they're playing, they're playing tonight if, if, uh, if he plays. And, and then the officiating, like I said, look, I, I thought the Nick Paul delayed the, game, or the delayed penalty call in game six, that was borderline. I thought Belmar maybe was holding the stick uh, of the ass player. So I'm not going to complain a bunch. But I will say this. Every close call went against the Lightning. Every borderline, it eh, could have been, could have not been. I, that's fine as long as one goes your way. It seemed like well, none of them went. It, it seemed like everyone way. went against the Lightning. And every yeah. bounce seemed like it went against the Lightning, too. Right. But yeah, although, I mean, there were a lot I, of crazy deflections. I, I think goals. a lot of that is Colorado was skating hard, and they put themselves yes. in position to get breaks, too. I mean, you can sit there and say they got some lucky bounces. Uh, you know, I mean, the one that goes off McDonough's skate right to McKinnon. Right. And then he's able to pass it over for an open net. You know, McDonough had blocked that pass or shot. And, right, you know, but when you're skating hard, when you're forechecking, when you're putting yourself in those positions, you get breaks. And, yes, and, and Colorado know. deserved every bit of it. I'm not. I don't want to take anything away from mm-hmm. them. And and like I said, I don't. I'm not going to blame officiating or blame injuries. But if you ever wanted to, <laughs> this would have been a pretty good series. I just the brain point injury. I just don't know how you can overlook it. And, and you know, the funny we you, talking, you mentioned something before we talked on the air about it. Seemed like people weren't talking about the brain point injury that much. Well, nationally, and, and they rolled through Florida. They yep. won four in a row against New York after going down 0-2 without brain point. So it was kind of like, yeah, they're fine without brain point. Yeah, and and and, and, and they're and, not. But Colorado's <laughs> better than than Florida. Colorado's better than the Rangers. Right. And and that hurt in that series. But when you go back to this, and Stephen, people want to talk about, and I know you mentioned this on the pod last night. Um, when you talk about this run, and it's and it's and a lot of people look at it, it's been a three year run. I I think it go, it's obviously much longer than that. It goes back to 2015. The fact that they went to six conference finals in eight years, and I want to say that every time they've lost along those, they lost to the team that. That eventually won the cup. I maybe so. Yeah, they lost Chicago, which won uh, won in the cup final. They lost to Pittsburgh the next year, which which won the cup. Won the cup in seventeen. They didn't make the playoffs. They missed it by a point. Right in eighteen, they lost to Washington, who won the cup. Who won the cup? Nineteen was the exception where they lost to Columbus. That's right. They lost to Columbus. But I mean, mean, the times they at least reached the conference final. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. They they they've made it. Yeah, six out of eight times to the conference final. They've they've lost to the champion every, and then this year they lost to Colorado. I think it's just getting to the conference final, and it just take it to another sport. If you were to have a, an NFL team reach six conference finals in eight years, or an NBA team, we've seen they're, they're very similar to, to Golden mm-hmm. State 
and Golden State's run in the NBA over the last several years, um, or Major League Baseball, a team that's in the AL or NLCS six times out of eight years. To me, that's that's almost as impressive as you know reaching what what now it's four Stanley Cup Finals in eight years. I mean, it's to get to the Conference Finals is a really big deal. You're well, winning a couple, at least a couple of rounds. No, that's six and eight, but it's also seven and twelve when you right. go back to 2011. Well, not only that, and that's a different Steve, team. And I mean, only and these are seven, they're losing there, in but. seven games in these conference finals. Washington beat them in seven. Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. they, Pittsburgh beat them in seven. Both of those series, Lightning had three two leads, mm-hmm. um, and they had a lead in the car in the Stanley Cup final uh, against, against Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. They lost in six, just like they did to Colorado. Right, right. And I'm just super impressed with with just how how they've managed to do this, and they've made changes. It's been, it's. I I remember the day that Steve Eiserman announced he was stepping down as general manager, and I think a lot of us around here were like, "This is this could be the end." Maybe, you know, you know, no one knew Julian Breezeball. I mean, we heard his reputation, and we thought, you know, well, he's not Steve Eiserman. Is he going to get people to come? And the moves that he's made over the past three years have been just remarkable. John Cooper to stick with John Cooper, and John Cooper clearly has the secret formula with dealing with these players and just watching him with how he dealt with the media and how he handles this team. You know, the other night, a lot of people were complaining about him, you know, his, his whining about the officiating. I think his team loved that his team. He had his teams back in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I think it was genuine. It was authentic. It wasn't, I don't think it was necessarily a staged, like I'm going to go in there and complain about the officiating. I'm going to work the officials. I think he's really authentic, and the players really appreciate it. I, I'll tell you, Steve, and I, and I agree with John Cooper, what he said last night. Like, It's hard to be more impressed with with a team than this team that didn't even win the Cup, that just came close. Well, and, and probably today we're going to learn more about some of the injuries and, and maybe some injuries we didn't even know happened. You know, I, I still wonder if Hedman didn't have an injury of some kind because yes. I don't think he was at his top level. In the last two rounds of the playoffs, I agree. Uh, we know Sorelli's hurt. We know, of course, Braden Point. We know Hagel. Uh, Eric Chernak kept getting hurt and kept coming back. <laughs> that uh, guy, yeah, <laughs> Eric Chernak. I don't know what 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 the check what Chernak means in check. It's got to be block shot, right? I mean, it's it's or or bruised foot, whatever mm-hmm. it is. It's that guy's was, was remarkable. Yeah, but what, you know, today they're going to clear out their lockers and and meet the media and Julian Breezeball speak and. John Cooper and, and several of the players will, if not many of them. And, and we'll learn a lot more. I mean, they don't always tell you everything, but we're going to learn a lot more. Of you know, I mean, Sorelli's playing the last two games of the final, can't lift his arm over his head. That's, you yeah. know, not taking face-offs. And, you know, just all the stuff they go through. I mean, you know, we know that Alex Kalorn last season wanted to try to come back and play in the Stanley Cup final with a broken leg and a rod in his leg that he, you know, hurt early. You know, I mean, that's just what these guys do. Um, Here's and, the and thing, we saw too, it all Steve. playoffs of so going to the bench and in the tunnel and coming oh, yeah. back. Yeah, and go, walking down the hallway and like, oh, he might be done. I I stood that night that uh, Nick Paul got hurt, and I'm like, he the way mm-hmm. he went off. Yep. And I'm like, oh, that's it. He's done. The way Sorelli went off, like yep. that's it. There's no just a reaction, like the way those guys go off. Like those guys are never playing again, this, at least this season. And give them an intermission, they're back. They're back. Like Nick Paul scores a goal right after that. And uh, Anthony Sorelli, back, like, you, all of a sudden you just look up, like, oh, there's 71. I guess he's okay. Um, and 
the thing that really impressed me more than anything, Steve, is uh, if you noticed after the game, after game six, game six ends, and you see Pat Maroon on the like leaning over the bench. He looks stunned. Andre Palat looking to the ground. Sergachev in tears. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky going off the ice, kicking things, knocking things over in the hallway. Stamkos looking like just sick to his stomach. I'm like, these guys have just won 11 series in a row. Mm-hmm. These guys have won back-to-back Stanley Cups. Their legacy's intact. No one's ever going to quite. Steve Stamp- Stephen Stamkos now goes down as one of the great captains in NHL history. He's a Hall of Fame. This These last couple of years have, have I think, cemented his Hall of Fame yes. career. And they're pissed. They're mad. They're upset. I think it lit a, f- a fire. I think they're going to come back next year. I think you, you're telling me that Alex Kalorn, and look, I'm not going to, it's hard to criticize anybody. Alex Kalorn played hard in this series. I thought he gave it everything he had. He had zero goals, Steve. He like was asked goals. to take on a different role, and he did it. That's what sacrifice for a team. That's putting team first. But uh, you're not going to tell me he's not sick to his stomach all summer long that he didn't score one goal in the oh, playoffs? Absolutely, he is. You know, and Corey Perry, <laughs> who oh. must feel, I mean, who must feel like he's the jinx now? He's the first he, guy ever to go to. He's the second to go to three Stanley Cup Finals in a row for three different teams. He's the first to lose all three of them. Marion Hosa was the other one who won his third one. The third time he went, he won with Chicago. Right. It reminds me of a couple of years, like Marion Hosa. Remember he he played for he played for Pittsburgh against Detroit, and mm-hmm. Detroit won the cup that year. The next year he goes to Detroit. The two teams meet again the next year in the finals, and Pittsburgh mm-hmm. wins that year. So he was on the wrong end of both years. But uh, I just looked at the reaction of those guys, Steve, and it wasn't like a reaction of like resignation or like okay, well we gave it a run, we did the best we could, we're, we're proud of what we accomplished. It was. This almost sense of like, oh, we were so close to doing something incredible. They already did something incredible, but they acted like they're they came up short, like they're disappointed in how this season ended. Where every team in the league, 28, 28 other teams would love to be in their position to have gone within two games at a cup final. I think this just fuels the fire. Now it doesn't mean they're gonna get back. Look, Steve, there were a lot of times in the last three seasons where this could have ended well before the Stanley Cup final. I mean, even this year, I mean, their uh, overtime law, uh, goal in game six to Toronto, they lose that. They lose in the first round. I was at game seven last year when they played the Islanders. That was a one nothing game scored. Mm-hmm. They scored a shorthanded goal to win that game. That easily could have ended that night. So it's really hard to get here, and we've seen what the injuries can do to you. But I, there's no reason. I'm with Stamkos. I'm with Stamkos on this. What makes you think they're done? Well, a couple of things, and we heard Cooper say this throughout the playoffs, in particular at the beginning, and then after Toronto. You know, it would be easy for this team to just go. You know, we've won two cups; it's okay. But no, they don't. They're they, and we Rick and I have talked about this, and many others have. They hate to lose more than they love to win. I think. I agree. They hate losing. I mean, you yeah. look at their faces. I mean, they they've won two straight Stanley Cups. They're one of the greatest teams. It, it may be the greatest team in the cap era. Uh, Pittsburgh's won back-to-back before. Chicago won three in it's, six I years. Think they're better, I, think they're be- I think this is the best team in the cap era. But you could, say, you could easily say they're the best team in the cap era, and they're sure. ticked. And yeah. it, it, it kind of – who knows what will happen next year, as you said. But after they won 62 games and 128 points and got swept by Colorado, they had to eat it all offseason. 
Yeah. At the NHL awards, they they won. They almost swept every award, and got made fun of the whole time there. Yeah. And they ate. They ate it, and it fueled them into two straight cups. And you don't think this this hurt isn't going to help fuel them for next year? With Absolutely, the whole team, yeah. basically, I mean, the only free agents they have is Nick Paul, Andre Palat, Jan Ruda, and Riley Nash. Those are the only free right. agents. Everybody else is under contract. Now, it doesn't mean they don't make a move or two. You know, it doesn't well, and that's what's been Julian Breezebaugh's mm-hmm. specialty, and I think this any team that has, uh, you know, that has that has success over a long period of time. I think I think they've learned the thing that I think Bill Belichick has shown in the NFL and what we've seen from other dynasty franchises, and that is they don't they don't fall in love with their players, and that's actually a good thing. You know, you don't as much as they would love to keep Andre Pilat. I just don't know that it's possible. And well, it, it, they can keep Andre Pilat under two circumstances: either he says, "I've made almost forty million in my career already, I'm willing to come back for." two- or three-year deal at two or three mil a year, then maybe they can afford them. If Which, he if wants... I'm Andre Pilat, I'm sorry. I mean, just to be clear about this, mm-hmm. I, if I'm Andre Pilat, there's no way in the world I would do that. And, and, and if he look, if he goes and gets six mil a year, three or four years somewhere else, by all means, take the money. I, I, I would. I, I, and I and no one can blame him if he nope. takes $6 million a year to go play for Arizona yep. or Ottawa mm-hmm. or a team that's not going to win it, or Philadelphia, yep. whatever. I'm perfectly fine with that. The fact, other the other option is if he's going to he made like I think five point three this year or somewhere in that ballpark. The other option is you trade a Alex Kalorn or someone like that to free up the cap space. Yeah, and that's and that's entirely possible. But what sure. Julian has to balance in this is this year's salary cap's not an issue like it has been in the past. You're probably going to lose Palat or a Kalorn or someone like that in order to make it work because you are over the cap currently, but. It's next year that you have the issues yeah. because Ross Colton, Anthony Sorelli, Mikhail Sergachev, and Eric Chernak all need new deals. And only Kalorn's contract comes off the books next year, as well as, I think, Belmar and a few other small contracts. But you're going to have to replace them with contracts that are almost comparable anyway. Right. Of your big contracts, Alex Kalorn's the only one that comes off next year. And that's where you're going to have the cap crunch. Again. Well, and that's where you have, and again, you have a GM who's who's pretty sharp, and this is where you have to make some tough decisions. I remember, mm-hmm. you know, obviously a couple of years ago, they they had to make a decision on Ben Bishop, mm-hmm. and they made the right one. And there there are guys that you, I remember a couple of years ago, people were like, oh, they should bring Brian Boyle back. No, Brian Boyle doesn't didn't fit at that time at that money. It just mm-hmm. wasn't it wasn't going to work. You have to, Tyler Johnson. They would love to Tyler Johnson to retire in a. Tampa Bay uniform or Yanni mm-hmm. Gord or find a way to somehow keep it. It wasn't. Sometimes you have to part with those guys. And yeah. now Yanni Gord wasn't their hard. choice, actually. No, Seattle, not, no. But Seattle I mean, they could have let. Him, but yeah, yeah, right. No, I understand. But they could have somehow worked something else out. Where, but I think they looked and said, "Okay, we can replace Yanni Gord." And that's the thing. And I hate to say it like that. Andre Pilat's been so valuable, and Nick Paul's been very valuable. And I think Nick Paul will be an important part of this team going forward. But it, it all revolves around, you know, you're the. Nikita Kucherov and Victor Hedman mm-hmm. and Steven Stamkos. By the way, let me just say something else about Steven Stamkos. And I, because I, I kind of slid over it kind of quickly there about him cementing his Hall of Fame career. I can remember, and this is to, maybe I'm totally in the minority on this. I'm sure I am. I remember before I left the Times, which was now, like I said, I'm going back 2019, January 2019 is when I started a pointer. Before that, I had said before that season, I think Steven Stamkos might be done. 
Mm-hmm. I think his best days are behind him. I think his body's too beat up. I think he's had too many injuries. I think the days of him scoring even 20 might be over. And man, was I wrong. Now, maybe, I think that says a lot more, maybe, probably, about my hockey knowledge than Steven Stamkos. But well, I also think that Steven Stamkos has turned back time and and is a player that has, has performed well beyond what anybody could have possibly expected of him in the last couple of years. And he has said this, and others too. There's a difference between rehabbing and training in the summer. And for years, he was rehabbing every summer. He wasn't training. He wasn't building his body back up and getting in shape. He was rehabbing. Right. This offseason, he finally got to train. And he looked faster. He looked better. He improved his game in so many ways because he wasn't rehabbing. And, and, it makes and, a and, huge difference. You yeah, know, we don't sure. always know what these guys go through. In, in, in hockey, they're very secretive about their injuries. And so, you know, you don't know in the offseason, is, is this player – rehabbing or are they working are they training and working out and improving their game or are you just simply rehabbing to get back to playing to get back yeah to get back to where you were pre-injury yeah. which is you know the thing and you look at Stamkos I mean those the injury he had snapped his leg on a goal post early in his career like literally snapped his leg mm-hmm. um and then he had the blood clot situation yep. and then he had which was super scary and then he has the uh then the bad knee injury which I think was actually the worst injury he's had mm-hmm. was the and he talked about the the pain and rehab from coming back from that and then he had you know he had the uh, the core injury that he's dealt with um so i i mean these these are these are injuries that i you could certainly understand why how he would just be just um his body just beaten up and i've always been under the theory somebody said this a long time ago and i wish i could remember here somebody that i really respect in a game of hockey is you don't look at a guy's years like in terms of like his age to find out if he's getting old look at his years of service and a lot of times 10 years like 10 years in the league are your prime really prime years so if you come in at 18 by the time you turn 28 29 you start to fade if you're if you come in at 21 out of college or whatever maybe you can go to 31 now that's changed i think over recent years with guys training so much better i think stamkos though is the the exception to this rule where and there are exceptions clearly uh, I mean, look, you got Yarmir Yager, like <laughs> still well. playing somewhere, I think. <laughs> um, but this is, I mean, this is a guy, Steve, that if you looked at him, you didn't know how old he was. He's not hanging on. This isn't a guy like, let's keep him around. You know, we and we've seen guys around the league like, let's keep him around. He can win some faceoffs and, you know, be a captain and, and you know, contribute defensively and still be a voice in the locker room. This guy is a key offensive player on this he, team. And he set no the franchise indication. record for points. A hundred points this year. And at a time when, you know, I mean, I think scoring was a little bit up. Well, not, year, it was it's, not the franchise record, but his record, I should right, say. Right, but this is not, I mean, we're not, this is 1980s hockey where you got everybody in the league scoring 100 points. Mm-hmm. There aren't a ton of guys who do do this. And there's no reason to believe why he can't. I don't think this was a last, sort of a last gasp for him. Um, provided he can stay healthy, I, I think the fuel's been lit in him. I, but this has cemented his Hall of Fame. I, I think now he goes down as one of the great captains. I, I think, you know, he went from probably a he'll make the Hall of Fame, but it's not going to be right away to now. I mean, how do you not put him in immediately when he's eligible? I mean, the, the what he did in this in these playoffs. Uh, mm-hmm. he, and he carried that, this lightning team the first half of the season. There was no point, no Kucherov oh, yeah. for most of the first half of the season. It was Stamkos the, that carried the team. 
huge goals he scored in the playoffs. Seemed like every mm-hmm. goal he scored was a big goal. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't, you know, the fifth goal in a five-one victory. It seemed like they all mattered. They were first goals of games or games, you know, tie-breaking goals in the middle of the game or whatever. And um, just continues to to uh, his leadership is just so impressive. Just so impressive. I you I, saw McDonough tearing up in the post game talking about Stamkos. All those guys. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just so impressive, Steve. What we've seen from this club and what's what's absolutely. I remember when they lost in 2015, and I remember going into uh, the press conference after they lost, and I remember talking to John Cooper, who looks like he seemed. Not only sort of, not quite crestfallen, but whatever the word is right before he gets the crestfallen. But he's disbelieving. He did not actually believe they had lost. I think he was, he could not fathom that we actually lost. That's Now, I think one of the things about Cooper that is a strength of his, and I don't mean this to be um, insulting at all, is he has an arrogance about him. I think it's clear. You can see it in him. But he uses it in such a positive way that, but I think that night he was clearly could not believe they lost. I started to see that a little bit in this series, although he was he was appreciative of their effort clearly. But I think at the same time he also looked at it like I can't. I actually thought we were going to win. I think that's all these guys. I think they're surprised they did not win. They're, that's that's how much faith they have in their in their ability. But I agree with Mark Messi. I don't know if you saw it after the game last night, Steve. You were probably still working. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mark Messier, after Game Six, said the heart was there, the legs weren't. They just ran out of gas. Uh, and that's a perfect summation because if you looked at what they left on the ice, I mean, they have nothing to be ashamed of. Not that they would be, but I mean, they they left it all there. Four four one goal games in the series. Yeah, they got blown out Game Two. They won Game Three big. But it's. What this team has done for eight years and may continue to still do. I mean, this run isn't over. Whether they get back to a final or not, we'll see. But, I mean, if you've seen Vegas odds already, they're second or third favorite to win the I Cup next year. I think third. It's Colorado, Toronto. Yeah, I've seen I've seen some <laughs> places at Toronto, too. Some place, piece, people and at Tampa, Tampa, too. Bay, yeah. And Colorado. Although Colorado's got, like, 11 free agents on that team. I mean, their well, core is going to stay together. But they're going to lose a lot of pieces on there. I will. And I also say this, and I, and I, th- I think. Colorado, and I may be just reading it, but but like sort of, sort of reading the tea leaves, sort of listening to what they had to say after the game. I think they actually learned from the Lightning as this series went along. I actually think they learned what what it takes to win a cup. And they, I was super impressed with the way they the Colorado played, particularly the third period of Game Six. That was a clinic. they looked like the Lightning. That, that's exactly what the Lightning have done for three years in the playoffs: get a lead late yeah. in the third, and then lock you down. And that's exactly and what Colorado. I did. think they picked up. Now, usually, it we, we, and the most famous example, of course, is the years ago when the New York Islanders won mm-hmm. four in a row. They played Edmonton in the, the fourth year they won the cup, and Edmonton had the young, you know, young Gretzky and Messi and Coffee and Curry and all those guys, and they uh, Grant Fuhr and that they and I, the the Oilers thought they gave a commitment to win, and they and they realized after that series they didn't. That they needed to give more. Well, they and walked the by famous, the Islanders' locker yeah, room famous after story, winning, yeah. and yeah. they thought they'd see celebrating and cheering, and it was guys in ice bags and just exhausted. Yeah, just and, yeah, and, and, and not like, really that's celebrating. What it takes. That's what it takes. And I'm not going to give the Lightning so much credit, but I, I do think there was a part of Carolina where they look. I think they they 
took some of the the great things that the lightning mm-hmm. lightning does and some of the the commitment um, traits that they show blocking shots and so forth. I think that you can't help but pick up on that during mm-hmm. the course of a series and give Colorado credit again. They I thought they deserved to win it, but it was um, it was such a good series that I I don't know that there's another team out there that could have beat the Lightning. At, the other thing I'll say about Colorado, and you, you mentioned earlier about you know three, four years ago, we see them play in a regular season game, and you're going, give me this in the final all, all day long, is that Colorado has been the favorite in the West for four years. Yeah. And they've lost in the second round every year. And they've had that heartbreak of we're supposed to win this and we're not. Right. And, you know, and that's part of it, too. I mean, you know, the Lightning story, it's well known from the Cup in 15, but even the year before, they got swept. By Montreal in four games. And they learned from that and ended up making a cup run the next year. And then, you know, the Washington series, the Pittsburgh series, of course, the Columbus series, it's all part of the, you have to learn how to win. And the playoffs are different than learning to win in the regular season. And, you know, sometimes you don't have to lose a ton of series or years and years to do it, but you have to learn how to win. And Colorado has been learning. And and you can see in the way look at the way they start games in the playoffs. I mean I watched that game one, Steve, and then start and I turned off midway through game mm-hmm. two. I said they they might call this series now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there, there's no way. And the the lightning even the even the game one, which the lightning lost in overtime, I was I was I was amazed that game got to overtime. I thought that Colorado was so much better. But Again, this is what I'm talking about. I, mm-hmm. I was really impressed with the grit. It's yeah, Not that it's easy to go out and blow people out, but when you're cruising through the playoffs the way Colorado was, they get a, St. Louis gave them a little bit of a challenge. Yeah. And it would be interesting if, if Bennington get hurt. How yeah, if he doesn't get hurt. I think if, if we look at, um, at Colorado, they were just blowing through everybody. And it wasn't really until they got to game three and when the Lightning showed up and they realized, like, oh, man, like this team is not, mes- not messing around. You know, like... It's going to take an effort to get through this. I actually think they learned. They they were like a machine, a computer. They learned as they were playing Colorado. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, I think it's kind of what the Lightning have done for years too. I mean, the Lightning's game one records are not great in the playoffs. They've won some, they've lost some, but they get better as series go along. They figure out how do we how do we stop what you're doing, or how do we how do we get to where we want to go? Okay, you're blocking this. You're taking this away. Okay, we've got to do this instead. I mean, the Lightning are very good at, at self-analyzing and figuring out, okay, you're clogging the neutral zone. We need to chip it over and just go chase it. Right. You know, that's kind of what they did against New York. Make them play the 200-foot game, and New York couldn't play it. It took them five periods to figure it out, but they figured it out. Right. And you saw Colorado figure some things out in that series against the Lightning. It's uh, it's been an impressive run, and uh, it's been. I admit, it's somebody asked me the other day if I ever miss covering sports, like writing about it on a day to day basis, and I always said no. That I enjoy sitting back, watching it. I have to admit, like the last few days is the really the first time I've really thought about. Boy, you know what? I w- this would have been a lot of fun to cover because I I've covered long playoff runs. I covered the two thousand four Cup. I covered the two thousand fifteen run. Um, I covered, you know, they, they went to the conference finals those other years. I was there for those. It's these long playoff runs are so much fun, but I haven't covered these last back-to-back cup winners. And then this run this year. And I, and I, it would have been nice. It would have been fun to cover. It's, I really admire the way that this team played. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, Tom. Well, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for being doom and gloom uh, yeah. on the lightning season. You know, whenever we need that, that uh, you're spring loaded for negativity, we call you. So, what if what since I'm spring loaded for negativity? Just before we go here, what what if this is it? What if this? What if the lightning never gets back? What if the Rays never get to the World Series? What if the Bucks somehow miss the playoffs and Brady leaves? That'd be the end of the golden era, man, of Tampa Bay sports. Could happen. Could. It could. I mean, you know, that's why you play the game. You never know. I mean, you know, there was a lot of people who thought back in 2015, oh, the Lightning will be back here. No problem. It took them five years to get back to the cup final. Got to but Eastern Conference if, final I, two other years. But I remember growing up in Pittsburgh, though, in 79. Mm-hmm. I was in high school. Like, out of parts, so they'll get back there. Mm-hmm. They haven't won a World Series since. Nope. Cincinnati, you look at all the time you spent in Cincinnati. Bengals have never won, right? No, they've been to three Super Bowls now, lost all three. Yeah. When's the last time the Reds went? 90? 90, they won it all. That's the last time yeah, they won it. Yeah, that's the last time they won They've the been World in the playoffs, Series. what, 10 years ago or whatever. After Yeah, but after all those years of the 70s, mm-hmm. and Big Red Machine and all that. And it's, so I'm just saying, since I'm being negative and all, well, this I, could you know. be it. This could be it for the Golden Age. Let's hope Tampa not. I mean, you've still got Tom Brady here for this year, at least this year, maybe more. Next team, that, let me ask you, next team to win a championship in Tampa Bay sports? I don't know how are the Tampa Bay Bandits doing. I, don't, I haven't followed that. <laughs> me neither. Of the, of the three major sports, if you had to. I was going the Rowdies to, are pretty good, too. So, Rowdies but. are really good, sure. But if you had to raise Bucks lightning, if you had to bet which one will win a championship next. Who would you say? I think it's a no-brainer. I think it's the Lightning. I think it is, too. Yeah. I mean, Tom Brady can win one this year, no question. Sure. I don't think the – I'm not – the Rays are – I mean, we'll say – I say this every year in June. Like, oh, I don't know about the Rays. I, I, not I looking good. Know, I don't know if they have <laughs> enough hitting for this year. I mean, could they win it in the next year? Or two? I mean, their pitching has been – as bad as their hitting is this year, to be where they're at, their pitching has been phenomenal. Right. With and they're going to get some guys too. back, too. Yeah, right? I mean, with, yeah. and, and we're going to talk to Mark Topkin tomorrow on the show. And, and you know, hopefully Luis Patino is coming back soon. Hopefully Pete Fairbanks is coming back soon. Nick Anderson may be back soon. That's a guy you forgot about. I mean, how good was he in 2020? Oh, yeah, for sure. And you've almost forgotten about him. Uh, Kittredge is out now. Uh, Shane Boz was out for a while. But Drew Rasmussen's out, hopefully back very soon. You know, but... They keep losing pitchers, but their pitching's out. I mean, what they did to the Yankees in New York, they lost all three games to the Yankees in New York? Or they gave up eight runs in the three-game series in New York. Yeah. And five of them were unearned. Right. They gave up three earned runs against that team. No, it's no. The pitching's it's, it's, been phenomenal. No, it's been really good. It's, you're almost just, you're almost half wasting their pitching effort right now. And I like I said, I say this every June where, I, where I'm like, I don't know, I don't like their hitting, or I don't like their mm-hmm. bullpen, or I don't like this, or I don't like that. And then they're they're still there at the end. The Red Sox have come out of nowhere. I don't. I thought they were dead and buried like in early May, mm-hmm. but 
uh, only a month in, I get it. But I thought, okay, this is the every every other year the Red Sox are good. They do this good bad thing. I'm like, okay, this is the bad year, and now they're actually. It's going to be four teams from the AL East in the playoffs. Unbelievable! That's unbelievable. Maybe but the Guardians can crack it, but I, because I the teams the, in the AL East have to play each other enough, but yeah, they beat each other up. I think the I think the Lightning though are the team. That's the team I would go with next championship team. I mean, at this point, granted, we don't know what free agency and, and the draft will bring. Although the draft doesn't give you a lot of help except for some bottom teams. Right. We don't know what free agency is going to bring but and, and what moves Jillian Breezeball may make. But the Lightning's basically rosters back. They, I mean, they're definitely one of the favorites in the East. And and they're still the only team in the East that you're 100% confident in their goalie. Yeah. <laughs> That's and, the big reason why. I guess New York would be the other. The yeah, New York, yeah. No, I'd be no. okay with the Rangers. Shostakin is, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. But he showed he's he's the real. And that's kid. the thing. And not to go back and lighten, like I'm not even sure Vasilevsky like played the best he could possibly play in these finals. I thought he was good, really good. I, and you almost wonder if there was maybe something there too. I mean, on a scale of one to ten, he was like an eight mm-hmm. for the playoffs, uh, and particularly the, in this series. But he's capable of going ten. Not many guys are, and that was the one area where I thought. Boy, I thought they had a big advantage, and it really didn't show up as much as it could have because I thought Kemper was just okay. Let's be honest. Well, I thought Colorado deed up a lot better than I thought they could. Yeah, because they had Darcy Kemper in that. Mm-hmm. I can't believe they won a cup with Darcy Kemper in that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but they did, and they deserved it, and there we go. I, I mean, they deserved that cup, no question. Yes, they did. Yes, they so. did. Thank you, Tom. We appreciate it, as always. At some point, we'll get you back on with Rick if uh, if you'll have it, and then I guess if he'll have it, too. But. <laughs> Sounds good. (laughs) Thanks, Tom. On tomorrow's podcast, we're going to be joined by Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times, the Rays beat writer, talking about all things Rays, including how amazing their pitching has been. If you had Isak Paredes as being the home run leader for the Rays at this point of the season, and how some of the injured guys are going to be uh, coming back soon, hopefully, including Luis Patino, Pete Fairbanks, and Drew Rasmussen. So that'll be tomorrow's on the podcast. We thank Tom Jones for today. For Rick Stroud of the Tempe Times is on vacation. I'm Steve Versnick. Have a great day, everybody. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.